Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Hello, welcome back to the, the FPL Masterclass. As you know, it's myself and Rob, and you can follow us on at TF Masterclass, at Hader underscore Rabani, and at underscore Rob underscore B. Welcome back. And Rob, we're going to talk about today, is it time to bin the Super Premiums and bring in Mo Salah? Now, we both had an absolutely stellar week. You know, I hit over the 100-point mark. I started actually listening to the show, Rob. That's the reason why I'm starting to do well. And I've been listening to what we've been talking about every single week, and I'm starting to pick up on creeping up some of those tables that I'm in. You had a fantastic week, and we're going to have a look at your team now. 123 points. Well done. I mean, you must be absolutely thrilled. Look at where you are in terms of the overall ranking as well in the game week at uh, the top 33,000. Sorry. Well, I, I, That's I, overall, I was... ranking, isn't it? Overall rank 33,000th out of uh, 8.5 million players. Not bad. Top 0.1% thing that is. I can work that out without my maths. Um, I always talk about averages, don't I? Hit your averages every week and then you'll get the big points totals at the end of it. That's the rewards. So you build your squad through the season. So this is what I do week to week to week. This is what we try and do on this show to show people. Uh, if you look at the kind of numbers here, the metrics on the left-hand side for game week nine, the highest in the whole of the world, was 165 points. So that's one of those lucky totals. No one ever really gets that from being good. That's just pure luck that maybe your all of your premiums and all of your budgets all come together in one week and you get that big total. That person who gets 165 might get 32 next week. But you want your average 60 points. I say it every week. Get 60 or above, you're doing your job. 123 points, obviously delighted with that. And well, what we'll do is we'll kind of look at my team, the team that we talked about last week, and we'll talk about where the big kind of wins are in this squad. Yeah, absolutely, Rob. And uh, well, let's go through the uh, game week nine. So let's have a little bit of a deep dive. So 
look, you did absolutely fantastic. Ramsdale didn't really perform. He got you three points. You had Sanchez on the bench. So you look at the bench, I mean, you still had more points. Imagine if you'd got a few selections right. You'd probably been hitting close to the, the highest score of the game week. And uh, look, Trent, 10 points. Livermento, 9. Cancelo hasn't really um, got many points of late. But, you know, he's still a must-have to, to have in your team. Cresswell with 12 points. And here's where you really got the big points here. Foden. Um, who got 18 points and he's been playing the false nine role. And I think we're going to talk about him later, but he's looking like he could be an essential pick. And then you had Salah, captain 48. I mean, he's just, he can score against anyone. We said this last week, didn't we, Rob? He can score against anyone. There's no point captaining anyone else because Salah is going to be the one that scores. Kovacic as well with 11. Townsend got you two. And then Sam Maximan didn't really perform, but Antonio got you seven points. So all in all, look, a fantastic game week. And you look at the bench, Shota got 11, Wang got eight. And then I mentioned before, Sanchez got four. What are your thoughts in general? Because it's got a lovely balance to it, but really the midfielders, A, are scoring, and B, the ones that aren't the highest premium barring seller are actually the ones that are giving you consistent returns. That's right. And I think also, just to make a highlight point here, just about how you play the game, and I say it again consistently, is that you don't pick players based on your heart. Yeah, you do it on your head. So did I want Salah to get 48 points against my football club? And did I want to stand there and watch him score a hat-trick at Old Trafford? No, I didn't. But the whole point of FPL is to score points and to win. So I think you said to me at the start of the game week, you know, would I be dropping Alexander-Arnold because he was coming to Old Trafford? And I went, absolutely not. Probably the other way around. Almost a guaranteed pick because of how bad Man United are. So you look at that, and I actually put Jota out of my team, unfortunately. What did he do? He went and got 11 points. Could have played him instead of Townsend. Um, but you're right by your assertion of saying there that kind of my budgets or my, my mid-range players are the ones that are keeping me ticking along. So I don't really include uh, defenders too much in that because you don't normally get the real budget picks there. But you're looking at someone like Livramento, who came in as a completely unknown this season at £4 million. And, and really, no one touched him at all in the first few weeks. You know, he was one of those players where he was getting minutes, but again, people just didn't know who he was. Now he's had, I think, uh, I think the last four or five game weeks, uh, goal scoring or assisting returns or getting at least um, the, the kind of metric points because of his performances. And he got nine points this week. So you can see that there are so many budget players this year and mid-range players that you can invest in and still have money in your pocket. What I'll say is this, just to end this little section, this team that got 123 points, I still have £4.4 million in the bank. That's important to me. So I'm not spending a penny this week. You'll see my team for game week 10 at the end of the show. But that £4.4 million is in my pocket and it just gives me all the versatility that I need going into the next few weeks, even though I haven't got a wild card. Yeah, that's very important. That's actually a strategy that I picked up from you this this year, Rob, since I've been playing, is that usually I'd go and max out and my bench should be full of players that wouldn't do anything. But since changing that strategy and obviously the last, I had a really bad start. You all, you guys all know that. If you watch the show regularly, I was getting below average. I'd, I'd have a great week and then a poor week, but I've leveled out and I've had some two really good weeks. I'm, I'm climbing those tables now, which is, which is good. still low on the, the main one, Rob, that we're in, you know, the big Rob league, but uh, now we're doing all right. But look, let's move on to this slide here. And this is really the, the crux of the show, Rob. We're going to be talking about, is it time to bin the super premiums barring Salah? So I'm talking about the Lukaku's of the world, Ronaldo, Kevin De Bruyne, Bruno Fernandes. And is it time to start investing in more mid-range mid, mid -range players and even some players that aren't 
necessarily high, you know, high end. You know, I'm talking the ones which are four and a half to five million in that defense. But let's talk about this, the graphic in the middle, Rob. So we're going to talk about this is the team of the week last last week. So the highest point scorers. We had Martinez in goal. He got 10 points, which is actually quite staggering if you think about it, because he conceded three goals, but he saved a penalty, I believe. So that is crazy. It actually shows to you that. And Sanchez is another one, conceded four goals, but made so many saves. He got three points. It is quite staggering. And you look at that defense now, Chelsea heavy. James got 13 points. I mean, Chelsea's fullbacks are, are great, great players to have. The only diff- the issue is at the moment is, are they going to get rotated or not? That was my issue. I bought in Aspilicueta this week, but James started. Then you had Cresswell as well with 12 points, a mainstay in your team. Chilwell's got 12. That's now four goals in four in all competitions. And then the two standout men for this week, Mason Mount, who hadn't scored for 20-odd games or assisted, I believe, came back with a bang and he got a hat-trick. Mo Salah got a hat-trick as well, destroyed Manchester United. Foden got 18 points, fantastic performance as a false nine. Maxwell Cornet has been a good player, Rob. Um, an interesting one. He was good at Leonia East. I remember United were linked with him years ago, but he's uh, he's come up with a few returns. I've seen him, so he's one definitely to keep an eye on at Burnley. <clears throat> then you've got Naby Keita, who's had a really good season. Looks like he might be injured, though. He got 13 points. Then Dennis and King, the Watford duo up top, got 16 and 12 in a fantastic uh, 5-2 victory over Everton. Looking at that graphic, Rob, barring Salah, None of those are premium players. It's actually staggering. I, I can't remember a season where it's been that that stark that one player who's a premium has been so good and the others have been so poor. Well, it really is an about turn because you do find the, the reason why super premiums are super premiums, why premiums are premiums, it's because they get the points or at least there's a, a kind of consistency year to year to year why they get them. I think there are several reasons why that's different this season. That's either be rotation, there's also obviously the injuries, and also just mainly poor form. Um, you know, I think the one player that a lot of people have got in their team who isn't really returning numbers as it stands is Cristiano Ronaldo. You know, and I said this at the start that this was my fear is that it's not a case of whether Ronaldo would score at all, it was whether Ronaldo would score enough. So that's this is kind of where we get to. And obviously through the middle here, we've got the team of the week for game week nine. And as you kind of were highlighting there and going through it, everyone in there is a relatively affordable option. Um, if you haven't got Salah in your team, you need your head testing. You know, if Salah isn't your captain every week and you don't need to think about changing your captain around or differentials, you're probably not doing it right. But then the team around him are all individuals that you can go and buy. Now, I don't expect the world to go out and buy King and Dennis as your front line because they have a good week at Watford. But if you want a bench and stash option of one of those two, then it's pretty good. It's a pretty good option. You know, they're going to score goals at some point if you want to just pad your team out with good players. But what we'll also do is we'll look at the midfield and the forwards in more depth uh, with yourself, Haydar, and we'll kind of look at, Maybe the premiums that are not performing, but also the budget players that you need now in your squad. Yeah, absolutely. Rob, before we jump into that, there's a good question here saying, uh, I'm sure you'll get there, but with Rare's long-term injury, well, let's just assess it now. Thoughts on other budget goalkeepers? Yeah, I think uh, with Rea, it's, you know, it's a difficult one because, again, at the start of the season, probably not anyone's favourite, you know, probably not jumping in. I think my game week one team... I did consider him just because of the price. 
But when you look at uh, the goalkeepers that are still available on the market around that 4.5, 5 million pound bracket mark, there's no real problem, is there? There's, there's goalkeepers out there. You could even go for a Ben Foster and go really super budget as soon as you could and and rotate through that way. So there isn't really a problem with the goalkeepers. What I would say also with the goalkeepers is just do not go premium. There's no reason to go for one of the top goalkeepers because the margins are so small. Quite often you'll find one of those top bracket goalkeepers not make one save in a game. And that does then hurt their totals. Whereas, as you just said there, Sanchez concedes goals. Martinez concedes goals. Martinez gets 10 points. This is the weight of FPL. This is what happens with goalkeepers. So don't overthink your goalkeeper. Just make sure that they are, I would say, two options who are both starters that you can rotate in and out. And then you don't have to think too much after that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I, If you actually look at it, Rob, let's say you have Edison week in, week out. Let's say he gets you, I don't know, 18 clean sheets and you're getting six points a game. He doesn't have much to do really as a city dominate possession. So it's it, for me, I, I used to always go with a premium keeper and I realized, uh, I think it was two seasons ago, one, the two keeper strategy and two, how the different, like you said, because a keeper could, for example, we saw Sanchez got four points. He made so many saves. They got smashed four one. But the point is that obviously you, brought him in because people bring him in because of the fact that he's going to be busy more than someone like Edison. Yeah. And any goalkeeper outside, I would say the top six of the division is kind of good game. So if you can bring players in who are in around that period. So for instance, I brought Ramsdale in last week. Uh, I'm happy to bring Ramsdale in because Arsenal are showing a little bit of form defensively. They're showing some form at the other end of the pitch, which means the ball is not always on Ramsdale. Um, now he hasn't, he didn't have a great week last week or the week before, but I'm fairly confident that that price range, we're looking at kind of 4.5 million pound goalkeepers that he will get me returns eventually. Um, as you said there of Edison or say of Allison, they are going to be part of that defense. They're going to get decent, um, uh, man and a match statistics and things like that for their performances. But there's, there's going to be times they just simply don't make the saves. And it's okay to pick a goalkeeper from a team that maybe concedes goals because you still get points for them. And it's the, it's the money you save from that in that goalkeeper pool that if you then go and put it on, say, a Trent Alexander-Arnold in your defence, you're going to get clean sheets out of Liverpool for him but you're also going to get the uplift in things like assists. And that's something that obviously generally goalkeepers cannot provide you. Yeah, it's a great point. Rob, let's talk about the midfielders. So the graphic on the right-hand side is the top scoring midfielders in FPL so far this season. And Mo Salah is running away with it, Rob. 107 points after nine games. Incredible. Um, and it was horrible to see what he did to Manchester United the other day. Um, and then look, you've got a massive gap, you know, Son's, half the points that Salah's got so far this season. He's on 53. He's rated at 10.2. Be looking down this list, Rob, apart from Son, Mane, and you have to look a bit further down to find Fernandez. you know, those are considered more of the premium players. When you're having a look at the players in and around them, <clears throat> look at Damari, Gray, look at the Everton, um, Everton, well, treble really of Townsend as well, and Decore, who've had really good seasons, really good points return. Kovacic, I mean, look at the value, 5.3. Ben Rama's so high up as well at 6.5. And uh, Mason as well is out there at 7.6. When you're having a look at all these players that are currently topping the last nine game weeks in terms of midfielders, there's only Salah there. So that really does push our sort of um, our message today, you know, binning those super premiums and bringing in Salah and, and 
maybe being a bit more smarter and looking at the form and looking at, you know, some of these other lesser players. I mean, I do want to focus on Bruno versus Salah because Bruno's probably got out of those 44 points, maybe like 20 odds were actually in the, in the first game of the season against Leeds. Absolutely, because he obviously scored a hat trick, and, and that triggered a lot of people being worried either about Bruno, buying Bruno Fernandes because they didn't have him, or because they already had him in place and they were going to captain him for the next six weeks, and that didn't work out very well. I think when you look at the list here, there's still plenty of super premium and premium options. So you just spoke about Salah, super premium. You look at Sun, premium at ten point two. Mane, super premium. So they're the, they're the top three. So it does still give you some weight that that these top, you know, class players in that bracket do give you points returns. But you were right to highlight there the points differential. So Salah on 107 points through nine game weeks means that he's averaging around 11 or 12 points a game. So that's sick. You know, if you're not, if you're not going for Salah at the moment because you don't like Liverpool or you don't like Salah or for one of those kind of silly reasons, then you're really not going to do anything in, in FPL. So that's why we do this show. We want to kind of debunk some of that. I think it's interesting to see Sun in second place because there's this theory that Tottenham have not done anything yet, that Tottenham have not really started their season. And I think at 10.2 as a premium, he's again proving, like he does every season, 53 points through nine weeks. Pretty good considering Spurs have been hot and cold. And then, of course, you've got Mane there, 11.9, also proving the fact that even though he's a really expensive uh, price, he's going to still give you points returns. But what's interesting is just after that, what's below it. So as you said there, Ben Rama, Townsend, Tillersmans, Kovacic, you know, Decore, uh, all the way down to Bruno Fernandes. There's a real glut of players there around kind of five, six, seven million that you could all bring into your teams and get exactly the same points returns of having all these premiums and super premium players in your side. And even when you go below Bruno Fernandes there, you know, Mason Greenwood, who you know, is not particularly going in and out of the United team, might not have the hottest form today, but has had good form, scored goals, 7.6 million, 44 points. You know, it's, it's good value. It's good value. So you look at someone like Saar just below at 6.2, 44 points, and the list goes on. Jota there as well. Very interesting character. As I said, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Lots of FPL sites last week were saying, Firmino got a hat-trick. Jota's not going to start again. That's the end of Jota. What happened? Jota started at Old Trafford. Jota got a load of points. So at 7.5 million, they're not really risks because they're going to get you points. And I think when you look at that midfield contingent there, it that almost kind of tells you who you should be picking. It should be Salah and budgets. If you get that right, and then maybe sneak in a sun when if he gets hot at 10.2, if you save some money, you can do some really, really good FPL business. Rob, let's talk about the strikers quickly um, before we drill into a few other topics. But uh, look, Jamie Vardy's top the strikers haven't really... I mean, look in the premium ones. There's Vardy and Aubameyang. But again, I, I'm looking at premium. I'm talking about the Ronaldos of the world, the Lukaku's of the world. They're premium. You say Aubameyang used to be premium, but at 10 million, you know, he's he's had a decent season considering how poor he's been for a few seasons. Jamie Vardy tops it. He's uh, He's been excellent. Antonio, as we all know. But Gabriel Jesus is a really interesting one. He's actually played on the wing. He hasn't played. I mean, Pep's a genius, Rob. You just have to say it. City are playing without a striker. Phil Foden has a false nine in the Premier League. 
I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. No other manager would do that. No other manager could execute that in, in world football right now. Um, and then you've got your, your favourites, uh, both of our favourites really for a long time, Danny Ings with 39, Sam Maximan's got some good returns and you've got a couple of the Watford lads and that's due to the fact that uh, they both had good returns really. They haven't done as much. Tony's in there as well, Mope, and then you've got the two lads from uh, Wolves, Wang and Jimenez, and then you've got Firmino. But looking at that, it's actually very telling again, and it's pushing forward with our view that been the super premiums and uh, except Salah, because Lukaku and Ronaldo have not really done anything. Lukaku's been injured, but even then, he has not really shone as of yet. Uh, that's correct. And and I think as well, I think I said it in the opening game week about strikers and how picking strikers is very different to picking your midfield and your defence. With your defence, really, you should pick fullbacks because they get you assists. They take set pieces. It's not a difficult thing to fathom. And in midfield, you're looking for those players that do play in false nine roles, that play attacking midfields and play behind attacks and kind of knitting that together. When you look at the striker role... It's trying to find players that are going to compensate you with points, but not going to compensate, not going to cost you the extra points and push your your funds into an area you don't want them to be. So at the top, Vardy at 10.8, he's still expensive. He's got 57 points. But then you look at someone like Antonio, exactly the same points, you know, two and a half million pound cheaper. And then you start going down the list excuse me, and uh, you look at Jesus, and as you said, playing on the wing, 46 points. So it gets a lot tighter as you go down. So you're not really losing points, even though you might be saving money to go and do something else, some rainy day business. Uh, I always said to you before about having Danny Ings in my team every year, not really giving me the big returns yet, but he's got 39 points. If he gets a hat-trick and a hat-trick, he's suddenly at the top, isn't he? Dennis, 5.2 million. Like, it's almost too cheap not to have if you want a bench and stash. And he is the sixth best striker in, in the Premier League this year for FPL. And when you actually look at his minutes, he doesn't play every minute. He actually only kind of comes off the bench. So what this tells us is about where to invest your money, a little bit like a stock exchange, kind of going with your, your prime targets, the ones that are kind of got value, and they're going to get you more points going forward. And as you said as well, just at the start of the segment, about being more clever about looking at form and looking at fixtures. So looking at the fixtures ahead, as I always say, the next six is kind of as far as you should go. Never try and imagine further because there's no point. You get injuries, you get bad form, you get all sorts. But if you look at maybe two or three or four weeks as your, as your kind of barometer, you can really dig into that forward list and find ways of buying and selling and rotating team players in and out and getting extra points. You just mentioned a bummy Yang. I think he's ready to pop 10 million pound. It's kind of a good price. 37 points. He is the kind of player that could go say the next 10 games and get you 17, 18 goals. If Arsenal go on some kind of run. So I, that he's the kind of player that I would be looking to invest in if I've got this pot of money, which I have at the moment. But at the moment, it's a case of kind of reviewing all these numbers and making sure you're aware of the movers and the shakers. Keep your eyes on it. I think one player, obviously, I talked about a lot last week was Wang at Wolves. And the lad came good for me, scored me a goal. What was he? He was on my bench. Typical. But he's in my team this week, which means he won't do anything. But 5.7 million, 34 points. There's real value there at around the five to six to seven million pound mark. And it means that you shouldn't be making too many mistakes. Let the form guide be your kind of heart and soul. Let it dictate how you think. 
and which players you choose. Quick one, Rob, before we look at some of the, you know, who's got the easiest fixtures, which team's got the most difficult one. Phil Foden, is he now an essential pick moving forward? You both have him in our team. Uh, City are always, uh, you know, victim of Pep Roulette, and we're kind of seeing Tuchel Roulette as well with Chelsea. Uh, but, well, that's what happens when you have a squad littered with absolute quality. But uh, when you're looking at Phil Foden, playing false nine most likely, I believe he's, what, seven and a half million? I believe he's Around that, that. Much, about 8 million, actually. I think it's about 7.9. Yeah. And uh, it lends into the idea of obviously, you know, if you've got Salah plus more budget options, I mean, you've got to be having him in your team. I wouldn't be looking at Grealish because Grealish isn't really giving returns. Grealish is playing, but not as many returns. But Foden really is the one that uh, is emerging for Manchester City, along with Jesus. And I think Cancelo is another player to have. And Gundogan, to be honest, Rob, as well, he's back from injury and he scored a goal, didn't he? And he does come up with goals and he's great value. But I would say Foden for me right now is my pick in that midfield for City. Well, it's interesting because obviously that we've got the top scorers for midfielders on the right hand side. And obviously, Foden's not there yet, but obviously, he did have an injury. He was out the team. He's definitely coming back into the team. And we talked a lot about Ferran Torres this season, player that I went with early on. Gave some returns, not huge though. Probably didn't uh, prove to be a good gamble. But again, at around the seven million pound mark, there was no, there was no real worry there. I think now when you're looking at the maybe the City targets and the Liverpool targets, uh, there are there are a kind of range of players who are going to give you big points returns, whether they play or not. And with City and with Foden, I think he is that player. So you saw that Torres was injured. He kind of dropped out the team that left a space for the false nine. And it seems that Pep is going with, um, with Foden now. And he's got this preference to play Jesus off the right. So you can see that I think as a double up, that if you want to do maybe an affordable Manchester City double, that Foden and Jesus are pretty like outstanding. Like you can't, like that price bracket, you know, Jesus 8.6 million, talking Foden at tipping 8 million. You know, that's it, it's almost too easy. Just pick them. You know, don't think too much. Just pick these players and get them in your team. But I think now uh, Phil Foden, over maybe to say between now and Christmas, is going to become the essential FPL pick, certainly in the midfield category. Because you might see that I think uh, Mason Greenwood threatened to be that player at 7.6 million early on when he was scoring goals. But Manchester United's form is now completely dire and disastrous. At this point, when we did say game week eight onwards, that United would start to suffer and that players in their team would stop scoring points you might as well just look to the the main protagonists here which are City and it's obviously Liverpool and Chelsea I agree with that uh Rob look, let's move on to the teams with the best run best fixtures and the teams with the worst as we celebrate Manchester United are disastrous and we'll touch on them in a second but uh Norwich I mean look they are almost the whipping boys of the Premier League every time they come up but they've got Leeds they've got Brentford Southampton and Wolves. Some really good fixtures. I wouldn't be touching any of their defenders, Rob, so I wouldn't be going near Aaron's or Williams or any of those players. But Timo Puki, is it possibly time to bring him in at 5.8 million? And he's also got Newcastle, sorry, as a fifth game. I mean, that's a lovely run of games. Could he emerge as like a nice differential option? Totally. I think he's 5.7 million, you said. And I think when you look at him and the quality that he has and you look at these teams... You know, Leeds don't look much cop this year, do they? You know, they're having problems with injuries and one thing or another. Their form's not great. Uh, Brentford, a bit hot and hot and cold. 
Southampton may be the same. And Wolves, even though they look really good going forward, and still not the greatest defensively. So Norwich have got a really good run of form. And I agree with what you said there about the, the defenders. Just don't go anywhere near their defence. Uh, there's, there's a few options, uh, kind of four million, four and a half million options for Norwich. Just don't do it. Just stop. You know, don't even think about it. But then down the list, you see Brentford and Wolves are also quite high up there. But the team that I think really sticks out like a sore thumb is Chelsea. And also, I think Tottenham, and we'll talk about Spurs in a second, about buying into them. Their runner games, Manchester United, Everton, Norwich. And oh, sorry, I got that wrong there. Manchester United, Everton, Leeds and Burnley. There's enough there to tell me that if you're thinking about Harry Kane, if you're thinking about Sun, that there's an opportunity there if you've got the money in the bank that you could invest wisely in them. Yeah, let's touch on Chelsea, Rob, because you can't, top of the table, you can't really look past them. They've got Newcastle, Burnley, Leicester, I believe that is Leicester, and Manchester United. The easiest game probably there is a Man United game, to be honest with you, the way we're playing. But um, looking at them, Chilwell, Havertz, Mount Kovacic. So they're the four players that, uh, you know, we we think are quite key here. Jill, Chilwell, I mean, like we said earlier, not sure why he's suddenly started playing Chilwell over Alonso. I mean, look, it's a great problem to have as any manager. Kai Havertz is a false nine. Didn't get any returns, even though Chelsea won 7-0, which is pretty crazy. Uh, Mason Mount, I would be avoiding Mount, if I'm honest with you, just for the moment, because I'd like to see him doing a bit more consistently. Um, that's why Kovacic would be the, the essential for me. I've got him in my team. You have as well. At that price, he's a, he's a must-have. We've been saying, banging on that about that all season, haven't we? Yeah, but I, I, I tend to kind of disagree with that just slightly. So let's talk about Chilwell first. I still think with Chilwell and Alonso, it's a little bit of a toss-up. So even though Chilwell scored in the last three Premier League games and four games overall, you're still kind of looking at that left, left-handed sided slot in Chelsea's team and Tuchel could do anything. We just do not know. You know, he could play Lonzo. He could go for a youngster. We just haven't got a clue. So it's very, very difficult to buy with confidence. But I think we look at Mason Mount, even though Mason Mount maybe hasn't had huge returns over, throughout the season. I do think that when you take Lukaku out of this team and he might be out of this team for another week or two or three, that if you're playing Havertz through the middle as a false nine, that Mason Mount's going to play higher up the pitch, going to play closer to Havertz. And he might even interchange with Havertz. So he'll find himself in the penalty box more. Again, he's at a kind of mid-range price. He's not too expensive for me to be worried about it. And I think Chelsea run of fixtures, Newcastle, Burnley, Leicester, United. It's a good run of fixtures. This is the time to invest in Chelsea. Um, if you want to kind of go safe, yes, you can go with your Aspelacuetas, your Rudigers, whoever you want to go with, kind of, more defensive options, thinking that Chelsea might get clean sheets. But I think the opportunity is up the other end of the pitch with Chelsea. Find the correct midfielders. You know, you could even go for someone like Hudson-Odoi. You know, he's not on any of our lists or not on our watch list. But there are opportunities here now for players who will get minutes because of the rotation due to Lukaku not being in the team. And obviously Werner being injured. So it just means he's having to play his midfielders and his attackers a little bit higher up the pitch where when those other two play, they might end up playing more centrally and more further back. So good options there with Chelsea. And I think the Newcastle game, like I said, Newcastle-Burnley as a double up is a is a nice kind of back-to-back because there's opportunity. When they scored seven goals like they did this week, they're just hot. You know, and this is why I would go for Mount now. I would rather, rather than wait six weeks to see if Mount gets more consistent in his bigger numbers. I think he's more likely to get a pair against Newcastle and a, and a couple of assists against Burnley just simply because of the makeup of Chelsea's team at the moment and how they will rotate around the problem of not having Lukaku. 
Interesting. Rob, Manchester United. It's time for teams to take it well, players to take advantage of Manchester United's difficult fixtures. Look, they got absolutely trashed last week. They've got Tottenham, then they've got City. Watford won't actually be easy, Rob, to be honest with you. They they could do a number of Manchester United, then they've got Chelsea after that. Horrible runs. It's been it's been horrible for United in terms of the opponents <laughs> and being United fans is shocking. Uh, I don't have any confidence. I'm not touching any United players with a barge pole, with a 30-foot barge pole. I would not even there, there could be a new manager coming in as well. So that shakes everything up as well. That, that that will change everyone's perception because, you know, if it's a new manager did come in, Manchester United could have an interesting proposition with a few players. But uh, would you be investing in Spurs and City? I mean, I'm looking at Spurs. I probably wouldn't invest in Spurs. Sergi Regulon has actually been uh, a good option. My brother has him in his team. And he's been getting him assists and, uh, and a few returns here and there. So he's a nice little option. But... Barring that, Rob, I wouldn't actually. I personally, I wouldn't be touching uh, any Spurs players, but City players, I've got Cancelo and Foden. Um, so no, I definitely would go high on City. Well, we'll disagree again then. I think the next four games, I think looking at United, Everton, Leeds and Burnley, there is definitely goal-scoring opportunities there. Uh, Regulons are, is a good one in terms of being a fullback, but I still don't really like Spurs' defence, so that kind of puts me off him. But I do look at their two premiums, obviously with Kane being a super premium, and I look at Son, and I think there is an opportunity there with Son at £10 million. I think that he's the kind of guy that... He could score in each one of those four games and pay back that 10 million like that straight away. Um, it's a case of just balancing it, Haydar. You know, looking at the kind of fixture list being your guide, letting the fixture list dictate to you a little bit more. That if you're looking at the, the better teams in the division and you want players, then this list is telling you that Chelsea and Tottenham are the two teams to invest in. Now, when we say invest, we don't mean you have to have three from each team. Like, you might want three from Chelsea, but you probably wouldn't want three from Tottenham. But as you move down that list and look at it and see Manchester City at the bottom or towards the bottom, they're still playing Palace, United, Everton, West Ham. It doesn't matter that they're at the bottom of this list. They're going to score in every one of those games. They're not going to lose any of those games. And in fact, they might come to Old Trafford and get a complete, like, you know, rugby score. So don't feel afraid about investing in uh, City players just simply because of the fixture list on this one. Talking about Manchester United at the bottom there, if you've got any United players, get rid of them. You don't need them. There's nothing, there's no upside at the moment. I think the only United player that I would consider getting, because I think that he will have some kind of re-emergence now in the weeks ahead, is Marcus Rashford. I think Rashford will play. I think he'll get goals and assists even if United are not winning games. And he's more likely to have, I think, week-to-week returns than any of the other players. Certainly, I think we look at Bruno and Ronaldo. They've been hit or miss this season, generally miss. But when you're talking about £12 million for a player, you can't do that. You've just got to have hits for that price. And that's why I'm saying it's kind of Salah and then everyone else. Yeah, absolutely. Before we look at your team, and uh, I want to give my tip of the week. And um, my tip of the week is going to be a player from Brentford and it's going to be Mbumo, who's going to be my tip of the week. So a lot of people have got Tony, but I think he, I believe he plays as a midfield on FPL, but he's been playing up front with uh, Tony or just behind him. Now he's had yeah. some really good returns. He's definitely a player that I've been, keep, I've been keeping an eye on him. And when I look at Brentford's fixtures, I look at Burnley, I look at Norwich, Newcastle and Everton. 
I mean, he's. I think he's he's a really good option to have. I mean, I'm looking also at um, Manchester City, so I'm just going to give another player, and I mentioned him earlier, but Gabriel Jesus, I think, is a player that I'll be considering. When I'm looking at Antonio's fixtures, Antonio is a must-have, and he did score last week against Spurs. But when I am looking at that Liverpool fixture as well, then you've got Wolves and then Manchester City, there could be an option for me to take him out. Because, I, I look, I fancy Jesus against United, and that's horrible to say. Um <laughs> more than I'd fancy Antonio against Liverpool. Well, Jesus in the channel against Harry Maguire. So there you go. So I think you're right. I think Jesus is a really uh, shrewd pick. And if anyone went for him now in this week, I would kind of, I would advocate that. But I also think you might could look at someone like Mares. So Mares at the price range. Um, he hasn't played a lot of football in recent times, certainly not as compared to maybe in recent seasons where he's been in and out the team, a regular uh, contributor, both in goals and assists. Uh, Grealish has hurt him, I think, more than anyone on the left-hand side, just kind of eating up the spaces. But I do think that his price range, again, you know, if you if you do have the money and you can afford someone at around that kind of £8 million mark, that it's a kind of safe bet because he's going to get minutes in these games and he's probably going to contribute. He's probably going to get you some goals. But there's, there is definitely some really nice Manchester City options moving in for the weeks ahead. Um, and, and as you go through that whole list, you know, there are there's opportunities, especially in that top half of that list, um, all the way up to Liverpool. You know, we, we said there about uh, Jota at the start of the show. Um, I think Jota at that kind of seven, eight million pound bracket again, when he plays, he's, he's in the front line for Liverpool. And this is a Liverpool team absolutely flying in their attack. So he's either going to get goals or assists. And even if he's on the bench and plays 20, 30 minutes, he's still probably going to get you a goal or an assist. Yeah, no, that is, I mean, Liverpool are frightening at the moment. Rob, your team from for this week, sorry, this is your squad that we got here. No changes. Any reason why? Because it's just too good. Simple as that, you know, 121 points in a week. You know, uh, I always say don't tinker. It's my kind of catchphrase. Don't be a tinkerman. Don't be Claudio Ranieri of FPL. Um, if you've got a balance and you feel like uh, this this squad has been built, hasn't it, through the weeks? And, I, and this show has become a little bit of an archive of how this squad has been built, you know, through ourselves and our discussions. And when you look at it, it's a balance between like super budgets at 4 million, 4.2 million, Normal kind of budget uh, mid-range of like uh, Kovacic and uh, Townsend at 5 to 5.6. Foden under 8 million. Uh, you kind of uh, this this was the old squad actually. Rafinha is not in there now. Uh, Rafinha is actually out of my squad. This was a this was one from last week. Hader, it's the wrong slide. But it's uh, but up front I've still got Antonio and Huang. And you could ha put Harry Kane in. As I said, if you were going to go into a Tottenham option. You could do that and you could go in there. So now this is actually my team for next week. And I think this is a kind of important bit because this is the selection. And you saw at the top of the show, when you looked at uh, my bench, my bench really ticked last week. I wish I could have played my bench options and, and taken all the points and been greedy, but I couldn't. But I have made some changes this week for that. And I've gone for a three-five-two, and it is just—it's just heavy on the midfield, making sure that these players have got opportunities to play. Um, Liveramento did really well. We talked about him at the top of the show, obviously with what he's been doing. But this week, I think against Watford, little bit scared of that factor that they're scoring goals. Watford, little bit scared of King, little bit scared of Dennis. So I've kind of just taken him out of the firing line. And what's that done? It's allowed me to play Huang up top. And I think Wolves at home to Everton. I kind of fancy that. Everton are a bit hit or miss defensively. Doesn't bother me. I haven't got any Everton defenders. I'm not going to get any Everton defenders anytime soon. So I'm going to give Huang a go. But I've also got Townsend on the other end. 
for Everton because I think they could score against Wolves. So that could be a high scoring draw, 1-1, 2-2. Both of those players might get you points. Rob, you've gone for Salah as captain, obviously, because there's no one else to go for captain. No, it's got it's a, it's got a nice balance, that team. But uh, we had a question from uh, someone on Twitter, um, and I'm going to bring it up. So he, he was asking us, Rafinha in for Decore. Decore is uh, obviously injured. He's got two million plus in the bank. He's got one free transfer, and he's in uh, the top. Well, he got over 100 points last week, and he's in the top 20K in the world currently. So he's doing really, really well. But uh, when you have a look at it, Rafinha, I've had Rafinha in. Rafinha's, he's he's had a good season. I think the, of late, you know, he's been a bit disappointing. Leeds have been disappointing, Rob, to be honest with you. You know, Dallas was my shout from last year and was my shout for this year. And he hasn't, I think, got an assist last week, but he hasn't really been particularly, uh, you know, great when it comes to points and when you're looking at Leeds as a team in general I believe they're sitting in 17th I mean is Rafinha a better option than say a Kovacic I'm not too sure Rob to be honest with you well you could spend a little bit more and get a Jota so I'm not or even Foden so I'm not too sure he's the one player I'm actually considering bringing out but I'm actually I mean I look at my midfield I've got Foden, Salah, Kovacic and then I believe um, I have, I can't even remember who I've got now, but I do have uh, Rafinha in there. Oh, I've got Smith Rowe. So, yeah, my midfield is quite similar, but I'm looking at Rafinha and thinking I could I could maybe upgrade on him. Well, I think when you look at my midfield five here, looking at from Foden, Salah, Kovacic, Townsend and Jota, would I sell any of them to bring in Rafinha? Well, the answer to that is no, and it's no on two scales and two reasons. One, because Leeds are not very good this year. And two, Rafinha has had injuries, kind of been in and out, had knocks, had problems. So it's, it's, you cannot tell, obviously, when uh, the press conferences go up before the weekends, whether someone might miss a game. There's sometimes it's just kind of dusted over and you don't talk about it because it's not very interesting. And then you come on the game weekday, you come on the Saturday, you come on the Sunday, and then there's no chance of getting that player back in. They give you no return. So I think a, a balance of what I've put out here is better than having Rafinha. In the previous slide that we had a minute ago, which was the Harry Kane slide, was about how do you accommodate bringing in um, Harry Kane? And that was a time when I kind of brought Rafinha in as a 6.6 million pound option. And I gave just to give everyone a kind of idea of what you could do with that squad. If you wanted to pay 12.1 million pound for Harry Kane. So that way you still had Salah and Kane and super premiums, but you had a player like Rafinha that was affordable at 6.6. If we flick back to the next slide again, to where we just were with my team for this week, you can see that when you, you go along there, you would probably then have to lose a Foden or a Jota. Now I don't want to do that. Foden and Jota, to me, are going to get me more points uh, as a combination week to week to week than bringing in a Rafinha and maybe then doubling up with Kane because that means I'll have no money in the bank. I'll have zero. And as you like to know, I like to keep some money in the bank because it means that if I get injuries or get any problems or there's an opportunity I can exploit just because of a you know, player coming into form, then I can actually action that and go and make that purchase. Absolutely. And Rob, we're going to wrap up there. But uh, what's your big tip for this week, if you're going to give one? The big tip this week is do not tinker, right? As I said, do not go too mad on this. Everyone goes mad with FPL. If you're not playing well, if you've got to kind of game week 10 and you're not happy with your team, 
Use your wild card. Start afresh, bin the whole team, and start really right from the top, from the goalkeepers. Use the form guide. Make sure you've got a pair of goalkeepers at around 4.5 to 5 million pounds. Go and do your defence. Get Trent Alexander-Arnold and then four other defenders and find the mix and the blend. As I said, make sure you've got fullbacks in there. Don't be clever and go with the Van Dykes or the Diaz's. Yes, they'll get you clean sheets, but they won't really get you the wider returns. And then I think looking at the midfield and the attack is exactly what we've said on this show. Make sure you've got good, strong budget. Budget players that start every week, so you're not really worried. But if you've got budget players and they're mid-range players, make sure at least they get off the bench and get you points. So Manchester City players, not a problem. Jota, I think, at Liverpool, certainly not a problem. And then just build around Salah as your main piece. Uh, and I know that in terms of playing the game, there will be, again, some United fans watching this. We obviously do a Manchester United show, so people will be looking at us and going, I can't possibly have Salah because uh, blah, 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 because the Liverpool... Well, he got 48 points last week as a captain. That's how you win this game. Someone's put here in the comments, what's your rank? It's 33,000 in the world out of 8.5 million. So these st strategies do work. You've just got to kind of stump, sometimes stand back and not get too emotional about them and play it like a game because that's what FPL is. It's a game. It's there to be enjoyed. Go and dig into the data. Find yourself a good football team. My final word, just because you have Salah does not mean that you support Liverpool, Man United fans. There's so many United fans who refuse to have Salah. It's just a game. So just enjoy it. Have fun. Win a bit of money in your league. And uh, yeah, follow the tips on here. But look, guys, make sure you check out our Twitter page at TF Masterclass. Also, you can give me a follow at Hader underscore Rubani and give Rob a follow at underscore Rob underscore B. Guys, good luck for this game week and we will see you all next time. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.